eat your expectations. Maybe it was the, the holiday, you know, you, you did the research, you looked at the brochure. These days you went online, you did the, did the hotels combined thing or, you know, stayed up all night like the ad says, looking at all the websites and you arrive at the hotel. Yeah, it didn't quite meet your expectations. Or maybe it's the restaurant, you know, you go into Urban Spoon and, you, you know, your friend has said, oh, this is a great new restaurant. You, you go there and, yeah, not so much, you know. Uh, we have, have these things happen to us all the time, things that don't meet our expectations. Expectations play a huge role in our lives. And actually, over these next three weeks, we're going to talk about expectations. In particular, talk about the gap that we experience between our expectations and our reality. Next week, we're actually going to look at, I'll give you a little sneak preview, we're going to look at how we respond when God doesn't meet our expectations. The third and final week of this conversation, we're going to Look at how to respond when you don't feel like you can actually meet other people's expectations. Today, though, I want to talk about what we can do and how we can better handle situations when other people don't meet our expectations. Before I do, I just want to give you a tip. If that's the person sitting next to you that you're thinking about right now, just for the next 25 minutes, look straight ahead, okay? That's all I'm going to say. It's my tip to you. Disappointment is something that all of us have experienced and all of us will experience again. People say, oh, there's only two short things in life, death and taxes. That's a stupid cliche. There's a lot of things that are sure in life and disappointment is on that list. One of the common definitions of disappointment that people use refers to what happened. And yet that's a very limited, uh, incomplete definition of disappointment. Disappointment, a better definition is this one. It's the gap between what I expect and what I experience. When what we experience falls short of our expectations, that gap is the very thing that causes disappointment. Maybe it's the job, the job you went online, you got the, 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 the position description on seek.com.au, you went for the interview, it all sounded fantastic, and yet three months into the job, you're thinking, this did not meet my expectations. It was the gap between what you expected and what you experienced that caused the disappointment. Maybe it's marriage. Dating went wonderfully, engagement was a hoot, marriage, boom. Things derailed. Now, I'm going to share a bit about our story about that in a few minutes. Stay tuned. Maybe it's your kids, you know. Out they came, one at a time, maybe two at a time, maybe three at a time. Out they came. You took them home. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And then, like Louis referenced a moment ago, they one day became teenagers. And the gap between what you expected and what you experienced just... Now, that's a joke, by the way, I actually think. I don't like to tar teenagers with that brush. And one of the reasons we've established Elevate Youth is to actually partner with you to raise teenagers who love Jesus. And I don't look down my nose at teenagers. Teenagers, I love teenagers. I'm just going on record as saying any disparaging comments from this platform directed towards teenagers are only ever intended in jest. Clear? Well, it's true. A lot of churches that I've heard of when something goes wrong, no, oh, it's probably the youth. No, it probably wasn't. Anyway, I digress. 
And actually, the other thing to understand about expectations is expectations aren't static. Expectations actually change over time, right? Let me give you an example. Think about this. Cast your mind back, those of you who are around, 15, maybe 13 years ago. The early days of the World Wide Web, the w- 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 which back then stood for wait, wait, wait. Because back then, only 13 to 15 years ago, if you wanted to download a picture from the interwebs, one picture, maybe to use on a, a birthday invitation or something, uh, you'd set your alarm early before work that morning, a couple of hours early just to give you, you know, enough time for things to work. You'd, you'd, you'd pour your coffee. You'd wander into your little kind of office thing. You would dial up your modem to the internet and then you would wait, wait, wait. It would pop and whiz and fizzle. Some, how many, many of you remember the noises? There were noises involved at that time, noises. And you would hope, you would hope that at the end of that pop and whir, there would be a connection to the internet because you, you weren't connected until you dialed up. And then maybe if it connected, you would slowly trawl through a website. You'd click on that website, type in the thing. You'd click, go and have a shower, come back. Hopefully that website has loaded. You would then click on the image, go and have your breakfast, come back. Maybe that image has now come to the forefront of your website. You would right-click, download, image. You would then go to work. You would spend 10 hours at work. You'd come home from work. You would go to your computer, and there would be a status bar that would be inching its way. Well, not really inching. <laughs> Inching's very, 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 very much overstating the progress. Along your screen from left to right, You'd then go make dinner, eat dinner, check on your computer. This process of downloading one image just 13 to 15 years ago may be literally a 24-hour process, right? And yet now we think the world's going to end if we have slow Wi-Fi connection. See, our expectations shift over time, and you wonder, and the people around you wonder why sometimes life seems incredibly complex. It's because expectations shift. Problems we solved before become and because of the shift in our, in our expectations. And look, it's true that one response to having experiences not live up to our expectations can be that we just lower our expectations, but the problem with that is people that do that wind up hopeless and negative and cynical. They're the people who, want, who walk around with Alanis Morissette playing as their theme song. It's like rain on your wedding day. Yeah, that's typical. It's like the free ride when you've already paid. Oh, yeah, what'd you expect? It's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. Oh, yeah, it always happens to me. And if you allow yourself and lower your expectations over time, you don't expect or hope for anything. You become negative. You become cynical. 
But I want to remind us, before we delve into a couple of practical lessons, remind us, have you ever had someone, think about this, or do you know someone who refused, even though things went bad, even though they had circumstances go against them, even though sometimes their experience didn't live up to their expectations, they refused to lower their expectations. Have you ever known someone who refused to lower their expectations and over the long arc of time, God started to bridge the gap. God started to actually bend the curve towards their expectations and they'd never lost hope. They refused to become cynical. They refused to let their faith marry up to their circumstances and their experience, but instead turn their faith towards God and what he promises. Anyone ever met anyone like that? Much more inspiring than the Alanis Morissette song. The other thing that I would warn against it to not lower your expectations to your experiences. It's not only avoid becoming that cynical old man, that cynical young person, but it's also because often in life we get what we expect. And if you choose to lower your expectations, you will actually be shooting yourself in the foot in a lot of situations because we don't see life as it is. We see life as we are. I was listening to a podcast last week and the, the, the presenter of that told an old fable about an old man who was sitting between two small towns, just sitting on the byway, just minding his time, passing the day. And a young man, traveling from the one town to the next town, walked past the old man and said to the old man, hey, old man, what are the people in that next town like? And the old man said to him, well, tell me, what were the people in the the town you just left like? And he goes, oh, mate, they were selfish, rude, negative. I couldn't stand them. I couldn't wait to get out of there. The old man said, yeah, well, that's what the people in the next town are like. Off he wanders. Another young man comes along, pulls up next to the old man, leaving one town, going to the next. Hey, old man, what are the people in that next town like? The old man says to him, well, tell me, what were the people in the last town like? Oh, they were, mate, they were like the most incredible people I ever met. They were generous. They, they, were, they were positive. They were hopeful. The old man says, yeah, well, guess what? That's exactly what the people in the next town are like. See, we get often in life what we expect. So I'm saying, please, I warn you, do not lower your expectations to match your experience. Hold your expectations high. And I want to give us a couple of practical lessons that we can take away today and apply in our lives. In fact, over these next three weeks, we're going to have a conversation around three siblings, three central characters A girl named Martha, her sister Mary, and their brother Lazarus. Now, Lazarus doesn't make an appearance today. He'll enter our conversation next week. But today, let's look at Mary and Martha as two central characters that we can learn a couple of lessons in expectations from. And here's a story that Luke, who was a doctor around the time of Jesus, walking our earth, he recorded this story. As they continued their travel, Jesus and his merry men, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. 
And later she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. Now, we would call Martha a dobber here in Australia, right? The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. Now, before I dive into the couple of the lessons, let me, let me just say, I appreciate that this is not the end of the world situation. When the worst thing that happens to you on a particular day is that your sister doesn't help you prepare dinner. Okay. I know many of you have experienced disappointments that run far deeper than that. And I'm not trying to belittle your disappointments by comparing a kitchen fiasco at Martha's house. But there are a couple of lessons that I think are reasonably universal that we can apply to any of our situations and our experiences and how they marry up with our expectations. The first lesson is this one. Lesson number one, I cannot expect what I do not express. Now, I've just saved somebody's marriage right there. If you listen and apply lesson number one, I cannot expect what I do not express. And if you're a little foggy about whether that applies to you, whether you've ever been guilty of that crime, just think for a moment of whether anybody in your orbit, after you've chewed them out, has said to you these words, I'm not a mind reader, you know. If that's the best somebody can do, it's quite probably the result of you holding them to expectations that you either forgot or just simply neglected to express to them. We can't expect what we do not express. Now, I'm not saying that Martha shouldn't have had the expectation that her sister help her in the kitchen, but she's busting Mary's chops over something that she didn't express, over an expectation she didn't express to Mary in the first place. Now, I could hold the handbrake and rip it on right there and finish, and, and actually, you know what? On the surface... That would seem like a pretty helpful lesson. That would actually seem like a game changer on the surface. The problem is, the pr- see, see, some lessons we learn can either clarify the waters or muddy the waters if we don't understand the broader context. This might seem like a game changer if we don't understand the broader context. Oh, yeah, no worries. I'm going to go from here. And every time I've got an expectation with my wife, with my kids, with my staff, I'm going to communicate it and everything's going to go brilliantly. Well, um, there's a broader context that we need to understand or else this can muddy the waters. And, and I'm speaking from personal experience here. This is only the first of three boxes you need to check when it comes to your expectations. Okay, box number one, have I expressed it? 
Check. Well, good. Make sure you check that box. Okay? But it's only the first of three because there's two more boxes that you need to make sure you work through with said other person or other people. Have they understood what you've expected of them? This is what I expect because, you know, misunderstanding happened just because we see the world one way and the person that's listening, receiving it, sees the world differently. And, and we don't always take time to make sure we kind of bridge across different uh, points of view to make sure there's understanding. So we've also got to ensure that when it comes to our expectations, that the person we're expressing our expectations to also understands our expectations. But then there's the third box. And trust me, it is equally important. It must be ticked. And that's whether they agree. (laughs) To your expectations. This, this will help you in your marriage. This will help you in your workplace. Uh, though I have to warn you, this will not help you with your in-laws because in-laws work on their own rules and they might have checked all three boxes and they're not do what you expect. And you say, but you, you said you, that you heard, understood and agreed. And they go, yeah. And then you say, well, why didn't you do it? And they go, but it's a whole nother universe. So what's the next lesson? Lesson number one, I cannot expect what I do not express. Check the box. But then there's these other two boxes. And this is kind of as much a lesson as it is a warning. I need to resist. Now, by the way, I say I. This is you saying this. If it helps, I can say we. Need to resist the temptation to drag others into my dysfunction. The thing about dysfunctional people is they think that they're the normal ones <laughs> and everyone else is dysfunctional. I reflect back onto the early days of my marriage. And, uh, you know, I, some of you have heard me share some of the uh, less than glamorous stories of the early days of our marriage. I'm going to throw a couple more at you today. But um, I just was thinking about this this week. Louie and I, we dated for one year and we were engaged for another year before we got married. During those first two years of dating and engagement, we... We, we did not have, this is, this is true story. We did not in those two years have one single, we didn't even have a tiff. We didn't have a disagreement. It was like, it was, oh my gosh, it was like paradise, right? And we got married and just, just to show you how quickly the climate changed is on, some, some, on, on day three of our honeymoon in yelling up, Louis rang her mom to beg her to come and pick her up. Change like Melbourne weather. Now, we've been married 16 and a half years, and, you know, that's given me time to reflect on what really caused the climate shift to be quite that dramatic. And um, so I made a list. I made a list, and, and, and... the, the, the challenging thing about this list is, 
is it is it all actually pretty much all eh, no it actually all it all pointed back to me and uh and it was a pretty long list actually I, in fact i was even adding to it mentally when i was having a shower this morning i'm like oh i forgot about that so i've trimmed the list because time doesn't permit me to i, I want to share a bit of the list with you but time doesn't permit me to share the list uh, you know i might start a a web, a web blog series of, I don't know, Mark's dysfunction. But, you know, some of you have heard me talk about tea towels, how I think tea towels should be hung over the oven. And actually, they should come with press studs that you clip into the corner to make sure that they're properly aligned. And just, yeah, I know. I know, right? Well, I thought of that, by the way. I communicated about eight, eight nine months ago. I actually said that, and, and some of you were here. Uh, Tanya Watson, who heads up Churches of Christ in Western Australia, she was visiting with us that morning. It was on a Sunday morning. Monday evening, knock on our front door. There's Tanya Watson handing over gift wrap, two tea towels with press studs in the corner. Where was she on my honeymoon? We should have brought her. I've talked about the toothpaste tube situation, how, how it should be squeezed from the bottom and you just... Just progressively work your way up. That was my my so my expectations, right? We we solve that. We we have separate toothpaste <laughs> tubes. We do. We literally do. And and my, you know which one's which because mine's p- pushed from the bottom and Louise is pushed wrongly. Um, <clears throat> toilet rolls, toilet rolls, right? Should come over the top. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. But Louie, Louie thought they should go over the back. Well, you, over the back, you can't even find the start of... Yeah. Got to get someone in to help me find... Oh, this is awkward. Help me find the end of the toilet paper. Where is it? It's over the back. Who would do that? I know. You have no pants on. Oh, There's refrigerator rights, and then, Baden, this could be a whole nother level, my friend. Toilet paper privileges. We had differences. We had differences when it came to punctuality. I work in minutes. Louis worked in days. Sometimes no one is African time, but, but she's Italian. So, you know, that, even I knew the difference. <clears throat> We have, I had, we have, we had different expectations about early in our marriage, about how many times a night Louis should phone her mom. Yes, I said a night. We had different expectations when it came to how the cutlery drawer should be maintained. Now, <clears throat> have you ever noticed that there are soup spoons, which are kind of the round ones, and dessert spoons, which are kind of narrow, right? And that God designed them not only differently, so you knew which one to use in which circumstance, you know, soup, dessert, right? But God also created them to be stacked side by side, one upon another, not just carelessly flung into a drawer so that when the next person goes to use one for either soup or dessert, they would have to waste precious time, which I know only sounds like two or three seconds, but add that up over a lifetime, my friend. Now, let's go back one, Sam. 
here I are. Here we are. Some people say hindsight's twenty twenty. It really isn't. There's some things that happens in our past we'll never understand. So again, it's another stupid cliche. But there are some things that as we look back through the rearview mirror, we will understand better. So, 16 years and change later, uh, partly thanks to Louis' mum for not driving to yelling up on day three of her honeymoon to rescue her, um, she snuck off to phone her mom. <laughs> All right. Here's the mistake I made. Repeatedly. Every day. Several times a day. Over a five-year period. That, because I would express. To, I would. I mean, you know, she, like, I speak my mind. My record's pretty clear on that. She didn't ever have to say, I'm not a mind reader, you know. No, she knew what my expectations were. Have I expressed them? Yes. Check. Awesome. <clears throat> Do you understand how God created cutlery to be stacked? Yes. Great. I mean, I thought that was it. I didn't know there was a third box that had to be checked. Because I'd expressed, because she understood. But wasn't at that point ever doing them. That caused the crockery to fly. A lot. Because I didn't ask this question, but... Actions speak louder than words. Had I asked this question, it would appear that Louis didn't actually agree with any of the aforementioned items and the others that are on my list that time doesn't permit me to walk through this morning. I have to save something for the future. I don't want to use up all your best message illustrations in one message. Um, <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. Ah, Enlightenment. Oh, some of you that watch too much TV understood that one. Now, just 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 a little little aside here, by the way. This story of Martha and, and, and Mary and Martha, I don't know if you've ever heard it preached about expectations and, 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 and drawn some of this stuff, and I'll drill, drill down a bit further. It's often preached about, about whether we should uh, worship Jesus or serve Jesus, whether we should sit at his feet or, or be in the kitchen. And, and, and Martha gets beaten up all the time when this story is preached about. So, you know, come on, Martha, stop freaking serving Jesus and start sitting at his feet. Well, you know what? Problem is, if everyone's sitting at his feet, ain't nobody eating dinner. You understand? So, so I get it. At that moment, right, Jesus was saying, just for now, sit, sit with, with Mary and, and let's... Let's learn some stuff. And, and, and by the way, then, equipped with what we've learned, let's go and do some stuff. Right? So Mary, Martha gets beaten up. And if you ever work hard, all the Marys go past you and go, Kumbaya. You know, just like, and then, and then, but, but then the Marthas do what Martha did. They're like, there's a time to sit. You have to understand this. There's a time to sit and there's times to serve. Now, as I said earlier, the mistake that we make is we think everybody is like us or, or we understand that they're not, but we think they should be. Because we're right, right? We know best, right? If we, if, we, if we weren't right, we'd change our mind on stuff to what's right. But we, we're right. So you don't need to change your mind when you're always right. 
Instead of talking things through with Mary, Martha was a dibber-dobber and tried to drag Jesus into it and, and tried to drag Jesus into it with the expectation that Jesus would fix Mary. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. What do you think your expectation was at that point in time? She was hoping that Jesus would go, yeah, Mary, get up, do some work, I'm hungry. Well, some of us know what Jesus can do with a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. He, he, he was pretty good at self-catering. The fact is that Jesus isn't created in our image. We're created in his, his image. It means he doesn't always do what we want him to do. Sometimes he actually flips the script and starts to do a number on us. And that doesn't meet our expectations. It's exactly what happened here. Jesus said, Martha, dear Martha. By the way, when any time you hear God say your name twice, read the Bible, it's never going to go well. <laughs> You're fussing too much, getting yourself worked over, up over nothing. Only one thing at this moment is essential, and Mary's chosen. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. See, many times we go to God asking him to fix other people. <laughs> and he begins by working on us. If every relationship you start ends, and you say to the other person, oh, it's not you, it's me. That's probably true. <laughs> it probably is you. If every job you've ever had doesn't meet your expectations. If every church you've been a part of wasn't perfect and forced that forced you to leave, think about that list of churches and try to figure out what's the common denominator. It could be you. Jesus, I want you to fix my spouse. Yeah, really? Nah, we're going to work on you a little bit more. Jesus, I want you to, to find the, 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 the perfect boss for me. Well, mm, now we, we're going to help you become a bit better employee. Jesus, I, this church, it's not perfect. Yeah, it's because you're here. It's not perfect because I'm here. Because I'm not perfect. None of us are, right? So instead of us trying to arm wrestle people and bosses and churches over to, to our right point of view. Sometimes Jesus goes, uh -huh. the tea towel is going to stay crumpled up. The cutlery drawer is going to be disorganized because right now that's not the biggest thing that I want to work on. I want to work on you. Sixteen and a half years later, we're still married and uh, more happily married than we were last year and, and 16 years before that. And, and you might think I'm trying to score points when I say that. And of course I am. But um, <laughs> hello. <laughs> but I still have all of those exact same expectations. 
I love a good straight press studded tea towel hanging over my stove. I, my cutlery drawer, you know, it's beautiful when I put the stuff away. And all, and all those list of things, all those list of things that I, that I mentioned and the ones I didn't get around to, I, I have not changed any of my expectations, literally, not a single one. Like all of the things that I want, what I came to understand is they went right or wrong. They were just preferences, first of all. Secondly, they're not the important stuff. I mean, that's what I thought they were. But this is what happened to, to me. As I was just about to release a piece of crockery at Louis, it hadn't left my hand, but it, but, but it, had, it had begun its trajectory. The, the launch sequence had been started. Uh, I can remember, I can tell you. We were living at a rental house, 22 Third Avenue, Kensington. And we were in our kitchen slash dining area. And uh, Louis was up, there was a, against the, standing by the, the sink. I don't know what she was doing. It certainly wasn't the dishes. Um, <laughs> all right, I, all right. I just lost my audience there. I was trying to make a big point. I can remember, I can, I can literally remember, you know, these, these freeze frame moments that, that we have in life, that, that are often definitive moments that God goes, all right, enough's enough. I, I, you know. and, he, and he moves from a gentle whisper to a thundering roar because bozos like me aren't good at hearing whispers enough. And, uh, and I'm just about to release the crockery. And, um, and, I, and I had this revelation. And I, and, I, and I stopped the launch sequence and, and I said to Louis, I just realized, this is five years into our marriage, I just realized that we're on the same team and that our job is to fight for each other and not with each other. And it was I that had to change, not Louis. Our tea towel set up around our house, it's hit and miss. The crockery thing, I mean, the cutlery thing, we have our good days and our bad days. (laughs) (laughs) While I was pleading, pleading to God for five years to change Louis and her subpar domestic habits. His response was to change me and my heart and my perspective and give me fresh insight on what really is important. And if I want the tea towels hung up correctly, then I'll walk around behind Louie and, and, and fix them. It's not her thing. She didn't, she didn't tick the third box. And that's okay. Lesson number one, we can't expect what we don't express. This is practical stuff, by the way. 
you can actually go and do that. Go out of here and start expressing your expectations. Wow. God's word works. And <laughs> though some of your expectations are based on your dysfunction. Pray to God for a revelation of what those things are. And sort the unimportant out. And focus on the important. And ask the question, instead of saying, God changed them, God changed me. God give me a greater revelation of, of, of what I need to be in my workplace, in my family, in my marriage, in my relationship with my family. One more thing we want to do. Is that all right? Is that helpful? Only two lessons. Save special occasions for three-point sermons. Neil, like your 60th birthday, but that's gone. Um, next week, I, I said I want to talk about how we can better respond when God doesn't meet our expectations. And uh, it's probably none of you have ever experienced that, but bring someone who has. One thing I want to do just to finish this morning is to invite you, if you've never actually made a decision to follow Jesus, it's the center, it's the absolute gold standard of what we're about, about helping you meet and follow Jesus. Jesus who came to earth in human form, sent by his Father God to actually stand in our place, to to bridge a gap that we couldn't bridge. Our actions, our sins, the things we do that don't live up to God's standards, they separate us from God. And we can't ever reach up and, and bridge that gap because we are imperfect. And God knew that and he didn't want to keep the distance. So he sent his son Jesus 2,000 years ago. And Jesus took our place. It's called the great exchange. He died so we would never have to. Brilliant. Wow. Can never, ever, ever be grateful enough. We weren't entitled to that. He did it anyway. Because of his love for us. And he asks one thing of us to actually put our faith in him, to turn our lives over to him, to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. You who died in my place, I want to follow you as you lead me to the Father. Some of you have done that, I know. Some of you maybe haven't made that decision. We're giving you that opportunity right here, right now. If you've never made that decision to make Jesus your Lord, to say, Jesus, I want to follow you, put my trust in your hands, put my life in your hands, all I want you to do in a moment is slip your hand up. For those of you that need to make that decision, and when you put your hand up, you're really just saying, God, yeah, that's the decision I'm making right now. When I see your hand, you know, I'll ask you to put it down, and then we're just going to pray quickly. But we don't like to leave here without giving you that opportunity to make that decision. So if you've never made that decision, and you know that this morning, that's, that's your next step, just put your hand up real quickly. Say, yeah, that's me. I need to make the decision to follow Jesus today. And when I see your hand, you can put it down, and then we're going to pray. Never made this decision before. Right now, don't miss this opportunity. We're not asking you to join the church. We're not asking you. We're saying, follow Jesus. Hand your life over to him. Put your hand up. When I see your hand, you can put it down. And then we're going to pray.